With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. Brought to you by Rockstar Records. 810 East Main Street, Tupelo, Mississippi. 662-269-3745. Welcome to Locals to Legends Podcast with your host, the voice of $10 Wrestling, noted author that has never been published, and the heaviest CWA light heavyweight champion in history, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, and his co-host, the star of Taylor TV, the man who has wrestled Jerry Lawler 1,239 times and never won, Neil, the real deal Taylor. Everybody and welcome once again to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner, the one, the only, Neil, the real deal Taylor. Neil, how are you doing this evening, sir? Man, it's been a uh, been a long weekend, Gene. Uh, we just got done watching uh, Payback, as I'm sure everybody else probably did. Just listening to this live, if not. Uh, never listened to it recorded. I just listened, just watched Payback, <laughs> so and watching the House of Horrors match and how wonderful that went over. Yeah, the Meth House of Horrors. What a treat that was! Yeah, all yeah, in really. all, man, it was a good pay per view. If you if you just take that completely out of the equation, uh, the rest of the show was was pretty good. I mean, hell, Braun Strowman pinned Roman Reigns right in the center of the ring. Who could have predicted that? Uh, I really didn't expect Jericho to go over on Owens for the U.S. title. I expect Owens to probably win it right back from him Tuesday night because Jericho's got to get out of there pretty soon to go on tour. But it was a swerve for everybody tonight who thought it was a foregone conclusion that, that Owens was going to win. So, uh Pretty good show. I liked it. Other than, like I say, other than that turd of a match that they called the the House of Horrors. Yeah, and um, at the at the risk of of sounding sexist, I thought the girls' match was even pretty good. It's uh, of course it was you could it was pretty predictable that uh, Bailey was probably doing the honors in her hometown, and because you know, yeah. <laughs> Vince likes Vince likes to do that, you know. I think it was Jim Ross. I think they were in Oklahoma City when Jim Ross had to kiss Vince McMahon's ass. <laughs> so, so definitely set the bar right if, there. Yeah, evidently, uh, Shawn Michaels is the only one that gets gets a big favor in the hometown crowd. 
Exactly. Well, yeah, I was I was pretty impressed with that match too. I, you know, I, I haven't been a huge fan of Alexa Bliss, but she's starting to grow on me. She's uh, she usually puts on a, a good good match every time she's out there, and that tonight was no exception. And man, that uh, when she shot uh, Bailey into that ring post, it, it looked rough. <laughs> it looked like her head hit that ring post pretty good. So, pretty good finish yeah. there, but. Uh, but anyway, you mentioned it was a busy weekend and it was a, it was a big wrestling weekend, uh, over here in my neck of the woods. Although I didn't take part in any of it. I was, I was at work all weekend doing the, the old shoot job. Uh, but our friends at pro South had their big, uh, annual six man tag team tournament, the Trinity challenge cup. And I heard they had uh, two nights of great shows and the tournament went off very well and, and had good crowds and, uh, also, uh, New South uh, had a big show in a, a new town they've never ran over in Tuscumbia, and they had a big crowd and a great show. And then, of course, our friends at IWA Deep South, uh, something I know you is near and dear to your heart, the Carnage Cup, uh, the annual deathmatch oh. tournament, uh, <laughs> took place this weekend. And uh, I am glad Christ. to report, though I wasn't there, uh, nobody died. There were no deaths at the death match tournament, which is about as much as you can and hope and ask for. So that's what went on over here in Alabama. Uh, I know you had a big weekend. Uh, I know you spent quite a few hours at a concert uh, the other night. Yeah, and I, I, to touch on something else briefly, speaking of things that are dead, everybody in North Mississippi and South Tennessee is in, in the wrestling business is all into it again. I, somebody's stole somebody else's cereal or something so but anyway the uh, yeah. yeah yesterday uh <laughs> yesterday uh 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 worked as a uh, stage manager for uh uh I'm not even going to say a local act he's a semi national act uh, Corey Smith who um did several songs uh ran the um uh college circuit for a long time uh was in uh, Corinth, Mississippi last night at Crossroads Arena, and those concert days are always pretty long days. I, I got to the arena yesterday for loading at about 8:30, and I left about left about 2:30 this morning. So it was uh, it was definitely yeah, it was de- definitely a long day. Well, that reminds me when I used to be a stagehand at the Tupelo Coliseum back in the day, and. Uh, yeah, we'd get there early, early, and set all that up. And then we could see the show for free, which was awesome. I got to see some really great concerts for free, but then we had to stay till, like you say, one, two o'clock in the morning, tearing it all down. So, yeah, that makes for a hell of a long day. Um, we got a big show, <laughs> hell of a show uh, planned for tonight. Uh, before we before we get to that, I want to say one thing real quick, and I, I don't want to uh, be a downer here at the beginning, but I did want to say. Uh, we wanted to send our, our – the whole show here wants to send our condolences to our friend uh, James Hardy. Uh, his father passed away this weekend, and uh, we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to him. Uh, really, really sorry to hear about that, and uh, just uh, wanted to wanted to acknowledge that here at the beginning. Uh, I know he's going through a really tough time right now, and, and I know uh, me and Neil both having uh, worked with him quite a bit, both, both hate it, and we – we send our best to you and your family. Absolutely. Uh, I hadn't uh, heard about that until earlier today. And uh hate to hear that for James. We uh, Sometimes we give him a hard time here on the show, but uh, 
uh, having worked with James, and you've had more experience with him than I have. He is a good guy and uh, and works extremely hard. He's one of the few people that uh, still take the business pretty serious and 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 tries to make sure that what he does makes sense and looks good. So, um, sure do hate to hear that, and and uh, and uh, we'll be thinking about James. Absolutely, absolutely. So right now, uh, I do believe we have tonight's guest on the line. I'm about to bring him on, but I'm going to preface this with saying tonight stands to be perhaps one of the most controversial shows we've done. So uh, right now, let's throw it to uh, the greatest wrestling manager in the southeastern United States, some would say in the entire United States and beyond, the one, the only the only Hollywood superstar in the professional wrestling business as a manager. You know him. You love him. He's our friend and yours. Hollywood, Jimmy Blaylock. Jimmy, how we doing this evening? Hey, 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 what's up, man? I'm glad to be here. You know, I've been listening to you guys, and, you know, we've – we had a lot of fun on the last show, if you remember correctly. Had a lot of fun, had a lot of call-ins. So some people shouldn't have called in. We had to put them in their place. But I'm looking forward to tonight because, you know what, we have a lot of people promising they're going to call in. Matter of fact, I hear Jay Griffin is going to call in. Matter of fact, if you guys don't mind, do you mind if I put Jay on the phone right now? No, go ahead. Probably the only Okay, okay. Jay, Jay, go ahead. Yeah. I think he's got something to say. Jay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking a dump right now. <laughs> sorry about that, Jay. Never mind. That Jay, Jay's taking a dump. I guess he'll call in later. <laughs> well, he finally he finally halfway made it on the show. Anyway, that's more than he's delivered so far. So. Yeah, well, you know, he eats all day long. I mean, him and Jason Casey sits there and stuff food down their throat all day long, and it's got to go somewhere. So I guess, you know, I guess they eat and, and take a dump. <laughs> Well, oh, I've always God. said they're both full of shit. So. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> and that proves it. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, while we're while we're waiting uh, for the call-ins that may or may not happen, because I'm telling you, these guys are tough as hell on Facebook and Twitter and all the social media uh, outlets. But now when it comes down to actually calling in, and, and facing off of people, they, they they never seem to come through. So it may just be the three of us, and that's fine. we got plenty to talk about. But let's talk about something right now uh, that me and Neil had an opportunity to talk about. We haven't had a chance to get you on here. Uh, a few weeks ago in Amory, I mean, not only did you get a chance to get your hands on Jerry Lawler and Derek King, but, I mean, you got to rough up a bona fide Hollywood movie star I mean, not of your status, of course. I mean, he, you know, he's of course not. low of level course compared not. to you. I mean, you're talking like a D-list celebrity uh, compared to an A-lister such as yourself. But tell yes. tell the people what it was like to get in there and, and, and push around that little twerp who come out there and stuck his nose in your business. That's right. Scotty, Scotty, what's his name? Scotty Swartz or something like that. You know, he, he, had, yeah. no, no, no doubt about it. Back, you know, years ago, he was on the Christmas story. Matter of fact, he was the kid that licked the pole. You know, and then and also he was in the in the in the in the toy with Richard Pryor. I mean, that's, not that's to be confused big. with Jay Griffith licking poles. That's a whole exactly. other. That's something different. <laughs> that's a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something. 
it was great to get my hands on him, and I slapped him around and whipped him all over the place. And then you guys, Neil Taylor and Gene Jackson, beat up Jerry Lawler and Derek King. That was one of the greatest nights of my life right there in Amory, Mississippi. It was great to you guys to, to win the victory, and we celebrated and went to Bill Street and had a great time that night. Well, let, let me throw this out here, Jimmy, and get your take on this, because you, you came here on this very show, and, and you told the promoter, and you told everybody that was listening, you told everybody on the card uh, what a huge deal it was that, that Neil Taylor and Gene Jackson were getting back together. They were coming to Amory as a tag team. Uh, and I think people doubted you, but, I mean, you take a look at this. You got Gene Jackson and Neil Taylor back together with Jimmy Blaylock. We're taking on Jerry Lawler and Derek King. They're supposed to be pretty pretty big stars, guys that can hold their own. And they felt it necessary to bring – Scotty Schwartzkopf with them, and then they also brought, not <laughs> booked on the card, not advertised, not even supposed to be there. I guess they hit him in the trunk of the damn car. Grandmaster Brian Christopher shows up out of nowhere. It took four of those guys to try to beat us. Absolutely, four. I mean, four of them. You know, if you you have to watch the Lawler family. First of all, they can't be trusted. You know that. You know how they are. Yeah. I mean, you know, they can't be trusted. And you had Lawler, I mean, just like you said, he was probably in the trunk of the car. He's been there uh, waiting all night, and then he gets out and interferes in the <laughs> match. And, you know, I, 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 I mean, know, I, was waiting for, I was waiting for the yellow jacket to come running out there next, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, but the guy I with guess the, big the padded muscles? suit wasn't with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't have his padded I, suit that night. Absolutely not. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That was a great night that night. But you know what? Even though the those who were not there, we can always say, you know, we got the victory in that match. We won and we celebrated. And that's what it, that's all it counts. That's all it counts, man. And Lawler well, you know, to bring the hell down and call the cops. We, we went up to Bill Street, and, you know, we were going to go in there, and we were going to take over that bar, and we were going to make it Jimmy Blaylock's Hollywood Cafe, and we were going to take all that Jerry Lawler crap out of there and put all the Hollywood click memorabilia in there. But unfortunately, he called the cops, and, and we had to fight a bunch of cops and, and take down a few, you know, the police dogs and all that before we got out of there. Uh, or right now, that would be the, the Jimmy Blaylock Hollywood Cafe up around Bill Street, and God knows they wouldn't be able to fit all the people in there that would want to come hang out there. I agree. And, you know, and it's sad if you noticed when we got out of the car, you know, uh, before Randy Hills called the cop on us, there was Brandon Owen and all his milf head friends up there asking us for money. I mean, it just makes me so mad. It just aggravates me. They want to hug out on a car for three miles. <laughs> Absolutely. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But I did show you where Brandon lives out there in the dumpster in back of Lawler's uh, bar. That's where he still steals, uh, you know, uh, steals everything and uh, makes his money, uh, uh, you know, gets his money to, to does his, you know, his drugs on the side. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then, you know, we were nice. We threw our rib bones out there, and he seemed pretty happy about it, you know. So we do our yeah, part to we, help out. Absolutely. We're good guys. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I love patting myself on the back. <laughs> but can you imagine if that bar was up there and all those TVs had Jimmy Blaylock's Hollywood appearances on there? They had your Baywatch series running on one TV. They had your white suits in one case. All the championships you've won for people. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, there would be people lined up around the block to get in there. It'd be crazy. Oh, man, it would be crazy. You know, not only that, we could have your memorabilia and Neil Taylor's memorabilia. I mean, it would be great. It would be awesome. We could have – we need to do that. You know, we ought to put up a bar right beside them and, and compete against them. And I guarantee you we can. There win. you go. We'd drive them out of business. We'd have my flannel shirt hanging in there and, you know, Neil's <laughs> old uh, 
the gray and black tights before we switched to the green stuff. Yeah, we have all kinds of shit we can hang out. I'll hang my FUBU jersey in there from when I was big pimping. It would be tremendous. Man, that would be great. I, I, would, I would look forward to that. That would be awesome. I mean, I know it would take up a pretty, pretty big spot on the wall, but, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Now, we got somebody <laughs> calling in. Let's see who our first vic- I mean, uh, uh, caller is here. So I'm going to click this button, 662-448. Who am I speaking with? This is Jay Griffin. <laughs> oh, my God, there he is. He got, finally got off the toilet. Hey, Jens. <laughs> All right, hey, you calling me out. Here it is. Yeah, wow, well, he showed up. He showed up. Jimmy I can't believe 20 it. bucks. Now, listen, you do. I don't, don't don't start the no the no show crap. That's totally uncalled for. Well, you know, I'm, what, I'm, what do you do? What, can I ask you a question? What do you do all day long? Do you sit around counting your bellies? I mean, <laughs> what's going on with you? I mean, I'm waiting on your movie to come out, Fat and the Furious. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on, let's go. Get well, you're all. Do you, you have a question for Hollywood? Oh yeah, uh, please, please tell us all about your seventy-plus TV appearances. I know you hate talking about that. You mean seventy-two? Exactly right. Seventy-two oh, national right. TV appearances. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I was, you know, I've been on more talk shows than Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler's been on one talk show. I've been mm. on. I've lost count how many talk shows I've been on. It's great. Well, now, okay. Well, now I just you brought up Lawler. I did. I hear that you are you are extremely jealous of him now. I got this from I didn't make this up. I kind of did a little research. I asked a few questions out there, and they say that you are tremendously jealous of him. Is there any truth to that? Uh, absolutely not. Why would I be jealous of Jerry Lawler? He's well, a, he, did you not just hear me just say he's appeared on one talk show? I've appeared man. on many talk shows. Okay. But the guy is known worldwide, man, every continent. I mean, the dude is just a real legend. Come on, man. Give him some props. Give the man oh, come well, he on. killed Did Andy Kaufman. I mean, O.J. Simpson's yes. known, too, for being a murderer. But, you know, it doesn't make it right. Exactly. Okay. I, I expected you to take this, this route. But there is a guy over there, I'm assuming. I haven't heard him say anything. Now, you two guys are just, hey, you guys have been, you know, pretty much assholes since day one. But there's one guy over there who actually, he is, I'm really ashamed of the turn he made. I can remember way back, first time I seen any of you guys, Neil Taylor at one time was a legitimate hero. I mean, somebody the kids could look up to. I remember this. He hated Jimmy he still is. He was a good guy. I mean, and now he's a trash troublemaker. <laughs> what happened to Neil, man? Well, I, I, I think this, Neil. I can answer this one. Yeah, I think yeah. I can answer this. And I, evidently, you can't. You, you're not thinking back too far ago because you're way the hell older than I am. But I uh, <laughs> for one thing, well, hey, for one thing, ahead. you always go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Always, you know, there comes a time when you just get sick of all these little snot-nosed kids. They come up, they try to shake your hand right after they've been digging in their nose and digging in their butt, and then you got. All these people that they'll talk great about you and everything, and how wonderful you are to your face, and then talk bad about you behind your back. At least I, I you know, I, it doesn't bother me to tell somebody what I think of them face to face. 
I have nothing to hide, and I, it, it, there just comes a time when you just get sick of things, Jay. Okay, well, that's fair enough. But I mean, you you abandoned the youth, man. I mean, you were maybe the last great hope in indie wrestling. I remember that, man. You turned your back on the same people who held you on the pedestal. I never heard anybody say anything bad about you. But it is interesting you always bring up how much older I am than you. But I watched you on TV. You wasn't in elementary school, so you can't be that far behind me. Yeah, you were 40 when you were watching him. <laughs> exactly. You idiots. Bull crap. Bull crap. Did you not add or subtract? I mean, he, he was 45 when he graduated high school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was the only one old enough to actually buy beer for the senior party. <laughs> he graduated at gunpoint. They weren't going to give it to him. Well, well, you like bringing up Jerry Lawler. Well, what was it? What was it like watching Jerry Lawler back when he first started? You know, when you were thirty, <laughs> when he was tagging up with the, you know Hoover. Well, I don't know. I ain't that old. But. There's nothing I can say. You know, everybody knows about Lawler. I mean, he's the reason why I'm calling this show today. I mean, hey, did Tojo Yamamoto win his first match? Do you remember seeing that one live? No, I do not. I mean, how old do you guys really think I am? God, I'm 43. Come on. I mean, I'm 43. <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God. You, you're on my word. <laughs> 43. Somebody's liking so many. Hello, so apparently, Frankie. Jay's payphone's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, pop another quarter in that payphone if you're staying Blake, on. Blake, Jay Griffin, pay right. your bill, really. He's, he's Put run a quarter in the phone. He's you're run the out of minutes. You're the prop king. That's some of your crap. Hey, that's not me, man. They're coming on your end. What are you talking about? Uh, I mean, I can't. I, I get blamed for everything. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what happens bad. Whatever happens bad in your life, Jay Griffin, I always get the blame for it. I get tired of it. What? Because you're an asshole. I drove to Avery just to see Neil Taylor chase you around the arena like he used to do back in the day. Yet he comes out with you. I go to try to shake his hand. You cuss me out, and I. What? Somebody's calling you names. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when you didn't come to Amory. That's when Gene Jackson said he's going to slap the shit out of you. You didn't make your way to Amory that night, big boy. Got yeah, lost, well, didn't you? Well, you know, it's, it's really unfair. I have a job that I have to work every Saturday night. I barely get a chance. To oh, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up. Back it up. Now, wait a minute. Your wife works every Saturday night. You sit there and eat a bowl of profits. And you know that's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I okay. That well, was you know, totally different direction. If anyone, if anyone really <laughs> wants to find out what really goes on on a Saturday night or a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, come to Showtime Barbecue in Houston, Mississippi. Boom! I got that cheap plug again. Now, goddamn it! I didn't, I didn't tell you to come on here and shill your damn stuff. Now, this is you got to be professional. Jesus. Well, I, I, yeah, I do apologize, but it is competition quality at affordable prices. Um, uh, moving on. My God. Are you saying it's Are you what saying it's better than Jerry Lawler's barbecue up there and wherever the hell he's at in Millington yeah, or I, Germantown I, or whatever? I, 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 
I mean, he can't be, he can't do everything. He, just because he's the king of wrestling, you know, he's not the king of barbecue. <laughs> well, so in the I recap of this show, I can say that Jay Griffin called out Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah, we need to tell, we're going to have to tell him that. We really are. We're going to tell him that. Next, uh, make sure Jerry Lawler finds this out. Make sure he listens to this. I mean, I mean, we don't like Jerry Lawler, but we're not going to let somebody from outside of wrestling talk shit about our fellow wrestler. You know, that's, that's <laughs> not happening. Let me let me see. Oh, Neil, may, you think you can get Jerry on here real quick, or is he probably asleep by now? Uh, he's, no, he's, uh, I think he's doing raw talk. He's he's with Renee Young right now. I think. Oh, that's right. He's doing raw talk. He's right not wor- he, he, Yeah, he ain't worried about no barbecue right now. Last, yeah. Mm. Well, any upcoming shows? Um, and how does he get away on Saturday nights to go do this shit? Anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else well, you want to plug, Jay? Before we. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. Anything else? <laughs> what about you, Jason Casey? Let's you talk got a Kickstarter you, you want to advertise or something? Where are you two well, I... birds going on your honeymoon? <laughs> hey, hey, you don't want? Oh, you want to go there? Okay, you have the you have the super male followers. Do you want to go there on, on the show? What? Let's go. What you... The guy that the guy that got his back door open for you. <laughs> what is she talking about? Oh, you know that's what? Disgusting. All right, let's, let's do it. I know uh, we don't talk like that on here. No, we don't. We, you know, you're talking very ugly, you idiot. What's wrong with you? I can't believe this. This is a family show. Well, this is a fucking family show. I know. Asshole. I mean, really. Hey, watch the language. Come on. My mouth thought you was better than that, Griffin. Come on. Well, I mean, I didn't think you were better than that. Else. I thought you would do it. You started the love bird thing, and you know, you know, the guy talked about riding on a on the motorcycle. <laughs> Griffin, somebody's talking no. to you. <laughs> all right, now, now hold, hold on a second. Now, Jay, in all seriousness, now you're you're a big wrestling fan, right? Okay, yes, sir. Hey, all right, so me. I'm sure it's <laughs> at some point, at some point, it has crossed your mind about being a wrestler. Now, every week we play a promo on here. We don't have one for this week, so I want you to cut your best promo that you can right now on Curly Moe. If you was going to be fighting Curly Moe next Saturday night, <laughs> tell us exactly how that's going and, down. And put all your 600 pounds <laughs> into it. Yeah. Well, I, no, guys, no, man, I, I, I can't do that. I have to respectfully decline that. I mean, that's just not my – I, I will back up. Uh, here you go. You'll like this. You mentioned Curly Moe. I just want to say I respect you guys, and I think you're all great, you know, and I – it's all just a prank. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, Adam so he did just Adam cut a Curly Moe promo. That's exactly the same shit Curly Moe was saying on here. Perfect. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> that, that worked. That was my that was my Curly Moe tribute. I it's on you guys. Well played. <laughs> Y'all give me hell all the time. Oh, uh, but no man, I can't cut no promo. I, I I no way I could ever get in the ring or anything like that. You can't you can't <laughs> you can't even step up in the ring. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, hey. But you I, couldn't I Columbus. I'll get your fat ass any day of the week. I'll get your fat ass. I may not get a promo. I may not. You could be semi-main event in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> you may you may have David Cox cut a promo on you right now for Columbus next Saturday night. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great, man. Jay yeah, Griffin, yeah. let me tell you something. <laughs> you some bitch, listen here. 
You better eat a lot of you better eat a lot of damn barbecue between now and next Saturday night, because I'm gonna kick the hell out of you. I'm gonna clothesline your head off your shoulders, boy. It's coming for you <laughs> Saturday night. All over you. I can have his partner come for him on you too if you want. Down there on the 14th, down there in Columbus, Mississippi. Jay Griffin, I taught you everything you know about barbecue, but I ain't teach you everything I know about barbecue. I'm going to light you up like a barbecue pig down there in Columbus, Mississippi at the David Lavender's Coliseum down there on the 14th. That's how you got a promo right there, son. That, that was awesome, man. I, I wish I had some kind of skill. But, hey, is, is, is there really heat between Bone Crusher and, and David Cox or, you know? They would have to know it was fake to be heat. I mean, they, it's just, it just is what it is. They don't either one know it's a word for it to be heat. I think and they have had some bad matches. That was a shoot, so... Yeah, I'd agree with that. Jay Griffin, me and you going to have a bad match next Saturday night, motherfucker. <laughs> I talked to the guy in Amory the last time I was there. He says he trained a lot of a lot of the younger guys. Well, not Neil because Neil's a little older, but a lot of the guys younger than Neil. He, claimed, he trained a bunch of guys around here. Is that true? Who? Who? David Cox. He trained the Undertaker. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he damn sure whooped him in a at an independent independent show six months ago in Texas somewhere. At least he tried to tell me that. <laughs> well, I call bullshit on that because David Cox doesn't know that you get trained for wrestling. He ain't been trained yet. He's been doing it since 1976, and he ain't been trained yet. So <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. Lord. Well, Gene, well all right, Jay. You got anything else before we before we send you off here? Oh, no, man. I mean, this is riveting. It was a, all, lot less, a lot less brutal than I thought it was going to be. Oh, well, fuck you. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you go to hell. <laughs> hey, Locke, I'm kicking your ass for real. Well, I wish you would try. I mean, I don't even have to worry about that because you can't even lift your leg, fat ass. Well, I'm punching your face out with my leg. How about that? You, I ain't worried about that all either. Right. Your arm's so fat you can't even lift your arm. Come on. All right, we appreciate you pulling uh, Jason Casey's dick out of your mouth long enough to call us. Uh, take care and eat shit and die. Bye. Wow. <laughs> next. Like old Goldberg. Who's next? All right, so while we're waiting. Uh... <laughs> you know, I-, I was waiting on more phone calls. You know, I was, what happened to Jason yeah. Casey? Well, you know, Jay, Jay Griffin's a, a show killer, you know. I mean, they hear him call in. People don't want to be associated with the show that Jay Griffin's on, so it may take a minute for the funk to clear out. <laughs> yeah. And he gets on here and he starts trying to plug that plug a bunch of god-awful barbecue or something or other. He's, hell, he's as bad as Mr. Haney. Remember Mr. Haney on Green Acres? Yeah, he's as bad as Mr. Haney trying to plug everything, or, or that Kenny Bolin guy. <laughs> Damn. Well, guys, you know, I, I'm excited to be here. You know, I can't wait. I got a big announcement to make, too. 
a big announcement to make. I'll and I'm going to make it on yet. your show. You you, you want to hear this? Great news. Yes. Great news. Yes. You're going to be excited. Guess what? I'm ready. Championship Wrestling coming back to the Isle of Capri Casino. All right. Guy, what the is date on this? Uh, it's coming. I'll have that soon. But it's definitely coming back. And I'll have the date before the uh, be announced at WrestlingNewsCenter.com before the end of the week. Well, now you know, you know, Jimmy, that you got to have the best tag team in the world. Uh, I know you got to pull some strings there somehow and have the best tag team in the world you know, included on the Isle of Capri card because you know it don't get any better. You can't get any more lucky than you can with with Gene Jackson and Neil Taylor. I know it. You guys done great last time. I mean, y'all beat the crap out of uh, Jerry Lawler and Derrick King. Y'all put Derrick King in retirement. Think about it. He's retiring because of you guys. I hey, know my friend Memphis Monroe couldn't buy his way on them damn shows. <laughs> Do what? Do what? <laughs> I said my friend Memphis Monroe couldn't buy his way on them damn casino shows. Maybe I'll have better luck. <laughs> maybe maybe Gene maybe Jackson have better luck. Well, Sorry, I got knocked off there. I blame Jay Griffin. My phone cut out there. <laughs> Bastard. So, man, I'll tell you, another thing, too, don't forget, OWO is coming back to Amory. I know you're going to be there, right, Gene? To Amory? Yeah, to Amory. Uh, coming no, back to Amory. Haven't got his date yet. But not they're, as they're, of they, now. They, well, they called me today and said they're, gonna, they're getting it ready to – God, they're getting ready to go back to Amory, so it should be soon. Well, hey, nobody's nobody's contacted my agent yet, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, well, I know right now, the only looking I got over that way is I'm I'm supposed to be doing some commentary for All Pro, I think next Saturday, I believe. Yeah, next Saturday yeah, night, right here in Tupelo. Yeah, in Tupelo, I'll be there. Absolutely. Uh, as Home far as yeah, it's going to be Saturday night. You know, make sure you have plans to be there. I'll I'll see you there. I'll be there. It should be a lot of. It should be a great, interesting card there. They got a lot of good talent coming in. I think Dustin Starr is going to be there. Maria, it's going to be a good card. Well, I'm going to get to the bottom of why the hell Neil Taylor's not there. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I don't, think they, I don't. I, I don't think they can afford me. I think that is a problem. That could be it. That could be it. <laughs> Probably. It. But if, uh, uh, if you I missed know, last week's that, episode, Jimmy. Go ahead. I I was just going to say I do know that OWO is going to be at the uh, the Ashland Fair May the twelfth and thirteenth, and I will be there. The OWO can afford me, but uh, but they'll they're going to be at the Ashland Fair. But uh, I hadn't heard anything about Amory yet. Yeah, they just told me that they're working on the uh, they're working on the community center again because they have good crowds there. I mean, last time it was sold out, and hopefully they'll have some more sold out crowds there. We have a great time right there in Amory. And we know why it was sold out the last time. Absolutely. Damn right. Absolutely. <laughs> because we were, there. we were there and Jay Griffin wasn't, so that that was a big so, I'll tell you what, I'm as much as I hate to do it, as much as I make fun of, of uh, Curly Moe for it, the next time we're at a show together and we're at the gimmick table, I'm going to go live on Facebook because that was, that was a lot of fun and uh, I always enjoy, you know, being being an asshole well, and making fun of people out in the hallway. Well, you know, as long as you don't do it and you, you 
crying about your life and how bad your life sucks and how nobody likes you and you know you couldn't get a woman in a fat farm with a pocket full of Snickers <laughs> and you know all that other stuff. You know, you, you know. Oh, okay. Facebook Live is always a bad thing. You know. So if I'm doing the show promoting you, us, it's okay. But if I'm pulling out of the McDonald's parking lot and I'm bitching because they didn't put you know, my the right size fries in the bag or there wasn't cheese on my quarter pounder, then that's kind of pathetic. I guess I'll leave it. <laughs> I, I exactly. totally agree with you on that. <laughs> of course, how can you get mad when you're the one that made the quarter pounder? I got to blame yourself on that, but anyway. <laughs> one more time, anyway. Well, we were waiting on some more phone calls. You don't think uh, where's the? Yeah. I guess Jason chicken out. Well, Jimmy, all these people scared of you. They're all scared of you, Jimmy. Who's I the guy so. in? Um, who's the guy in Dyersburg that uh, that's so scared of you? I can't remember oh, what is that. Tim Davis. Name? Yeah, Tim Davis. That guy. Oh God, he's so he's, he's a chicken. He's in jail or something, ain't he? Uh, I think he's been in jail for the last three years. I mean, well, you know, uh, he's, he's pathetic. But, yeah, we went up there. Last time we was in Dyersburg, we kicked his butt all over the place. And that's a true story. We went up there with, well, you know, he, they kept on running their mouth about Mississippi, Mississippi. Well, guess what? I got all the workers from Mississippi. We went up there and kicked their rear end. True story. I remember nice. that. And, and I can I can honestly say that Dyersburg is the armpit of the South, so. You know, uh, if, if you took over, if you took over Dyersburg, Jimmy, I really don't know what you would have at the end of it. <laughs> you know, if you remember, Neil, I brought you many times up there. Every Saturday night, we was up there on TV for the WOWF, and I think you took many trips up there at the WOWF. A bunch of trips. Hey, uh, who was that? That was Danny B. That uh, you hit him with a microwave. That yes. was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, she made me mad one night. Yeah, tell tell us about that, Jimmy. <laughs> he made me mad one night, and he he got a he got a two by four, started beating me with it. So during the match, I got mad, went back there, I tore up their kitchen. Oh my gosh, I tore up their dishes. I started throwing food, and started going crazy. And then I got a microwave, and I, I unplugged it, and, <laughs> and then I went out there and hit Danny B over the head with it. And uh, then we got uh, the promoter got real mad and had us. He was he didn't have us back for a couple of weeks. That, that sounds that like a Jack Griffin house when they run out of groceries. Just tired of this thing. I don't even know that but, Terry Funk can say that he hit somebody with a microwave. That's that's pretty good. That's, that's, uh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> that's that was horror. great. That, we've had a lot of crazy stuff happen in Dyersburg, Tennessee. You know, had to. If you remember one night, the, the, there was people out in the parking lot waiting on us. The fans were waiting on us with crowbars one night, and that was very, very interesting. The promoter, Jim Princeton at the time, he said, hey, guys, y'all need to leave. <laughs> you got a bunch of guys outside with the crowbars waiting on y'all. <laughs> Guess what? We walk out there. There they were with the crowbars. <laughs> they well, took all the it took I, the entire dressing room to go out there, and we had to, you know, mad, mad, uh, had to be uh, act crazy, and they left us alone. <laughs> Wow, man! If Jimmy, if if you had to say who the ugliest person in Dyersburg, Tennessee, is, who who would that be? 
Oh my gosh, the ugliest person? There's so many yeah. ugly people in Dyersburg, Tennessee. I mean, there's Alvin Minnick, there's Jim Preston, there's Tim Davis. I mean, there's so many. I mean, well, you know, I I, I realize that's kind of like asking who the smartest guy at the Special Olympics is, but I just wondered if if you could at least narrow it down to a couple. But I I, I understand that if you can't, man. Are you but, kidding uh, me? There's so many <laughs> ugly, nasty, stinky, smelly people in Dyersburg, Tennessee. It's horrible, horrible stinks. Well, you know it ain't, it, but you know it, it runs right up there, a close, a close uh, neck and neck race with uh, Arkansas. Arkansas oh my is my gosh. favorite place. Oh, Tuckerman, Tuckerman, hey, oh my God, Arkansas and Tuckerman. Those people over in Tuckerman, I don't know, man. They were the most, they're redneck inbreds. That's all I can say, redneck inbreds over in Arkansas. They has been the most pathetic state I've ever been to in my entire life. Really bad. Horrible. You know, I, you know, I can honestly say, and this is a true story, I was driving through Arkansas to some town over there, and I passed a sign that said Clover Bend, population 63. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's terrible. Hell, no, hell, nobody else wanted to live there either. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, we went over there for a wrestling show. And true story. Went over for a wrestling show. It was a, I believe it was a Kenny Valiant show. We went over there, and we got out. It was an outside show. And I said, where's the dressing rooms? And they pointed at the car wash. I said, you got to be kidding me. They put plastic up around the car wash, and it's hot as fire. And we had to get in there and, do a, and, 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 and dress for the matches. Horrible, horrible oh, situation. Lord. And it was so hot. It was miserable. And I think we even had an ice cream battle roll that day. Oh, my that was God. Probably the only that's time funny. That came excited. up last week. Yeah, that's probably the only time you were excited about an ice cream battle roll because it was so damn hot. <laughs> yeah, it was It was so hot, man. And, and we've had an ice cream battle roll over there in Arkansas. Plus, I think we've had it in Batesville. Neil, weren't you involved in that? Uh, no. The only one of those I did was, uh, and it was the one we talked about last week with Tony Dabbs on here, was the one that we did in front of that uh, that new Walmart out in uh, Germantown. Remember, because they come a they come a, a flood right in the middle of the match. Yes. Yes, I, I do remember yeah, that. That was, that was I, horrible, because we did a... Yeah, we did like a noon show at Batesville and then drove to Memphis and did an afternoon show or something. I can't remember. That's the but, yeah, that's um, the time I had three shows in one day. We did Batesville, we did the Memphis show, and then I had the Dyersburg show. We had three shows in one day. I was so tired at the end of the day. <laughs> well, I tell wow. you, Jimmy, let me ask you this, kind of, uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit. What is probably the worst experience you've ever had at a wrestling show? Now, you ain't got to throw no names out there, promotion names, something like that, but what is probably the worst experience you've ever had at a wrestling show? Oh, my God. The worst experience? Well, I hate, yeah. when, I hate when fans get out of control. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, they, and they jump out and they want to hit you and they have, you know, for instance, one night, I think, uh, I don't know if I've told you this or not, we was in Batesville, Mississippi. And Jerry, we was out there doing a promo, talking this and that, and here comes Jerry Lawler out to the ring. He runs in the ring, and you know how he is, you know, and I dropped my cane. And the only thing I felt is my cane hitting me in the back. It's really, really hard. I'm like, God, I'm mighty. I look back, 
Jerry Lawler's in the ring. A fan's getting taken out by security. Who just he just not you know this guy's picked up my cane and knocking the heck out of me. And I will never I'll never forget. I'm serious. We got him. I said no. I got so angry. And I'll never forget to grab that cane, knocking the crap out of that guy. I hit him in his head like three or four times. I said no. Uh-uh. I'm getting him back. No, regardless. There's no way he's going to get by with that. But you know that's it's when people get out of hand like this, crazy. You know, but uh, it, it, you know, and some of the worst situation. I don't know. That's maybe you know. I hate when it gets out. You know, gets crazy like that. Well, you know, it, it's really bad when you have fans that get out of control, and then you have no security whatsoever, or you have security, and it's the biggest idiot in, in, <sighs> within a hundred miles of the place. And oh my I God! One, I remember one story in particular, Jimmy, because we were down. I think we were in Ackerman, Mississippi, and it was another Kenny Vayette show. If you, evidently, there's some stigma to these Kenny Vayette shows. Then uh, you got into it with a fan. And then ended up in a, into it with a security guard in the dressing room. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Matter of fact, I was handcuffed <laughs> Tell to everybody. this. I, I, we went out there, and I was handcuffed to the dead man, you know, the Undertaker lookalike. Remember that guy? Oh, wow. The dead man. Yeah. So they had me handcuffed to the dead man. And so at the last, uh, I, get, I, I take a chair, and uh, I start to throw it in the ring. Well, I was as I was grabbing the chair, getting ready to throw it in the ring, the security guard grabs it, and it made me so angry. And I'm handcuffed, you know, I couldn't do anything. And he tells me, "You don't need to interfere in this match." <laughs> oh, I lost it. And then I was back there getting dressed, and he comes back in the dress room, and I go, oh, "I was so angry." I cussed him out. And I, t- I just, I, and then he started bucking up on me, and, I, and, I, and that made me even matter. So you know, I just, uh, I lost it that night. I'll never forget it. That was, I think, that's the first time I've ever seen you actually. I thought you were fixing to actually grab the guy and get physical with him. I'll never forget that as long as I live. I've never seen you that mad, except for maybe the last time that you you um, dealt with, you know, Jay, Jay Griffin or somebody like that, but. But I remember, uh, but I, I remember that that uh, that show in, in Ackerman. Just damn, you were mad. Yes, uh, it was. It was very aggravating because you know we hate. Matter of fact, I was ma- uh, managing Kosciuszko, managing Kamali, the Ugandan giant. True story. I was down there for uh, God, I forgot what promotion name is. Kosciuszko, and and, and yeah. I was managing Kamala. And then the security comes up. Listen now, security comes up. I was interfering in the match, you know. And the guy comes up, yeah. you better stop interfering in the match. I look back. I said, do what? Oh, my God. And then this guy's security. He gets up there, he comes back. You better, he started cussing me. You better stay out of this match. I looked at Kamala. I said, I'm fixing to knock his security out here. I promise you I'm fixing to knock him out. He said, and I'll never forget, oh, Kamala says, are you having trouble with him? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> he, says, he says, hit him, Blaylock, hit him. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I'm like you. I cannot stand that. I can't stand to have these. Idiot security guards, they want to be get involved in the wrestling. I mean, do their job, keep the fans away. Don't try to get involved. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you would run into that because these cheap-ass promoters would just get some mark to be security. Because I remember we were in Corinth one night, and this woman's yelling at me, and I turn around and told her to sit, sit down. 
And the security guard gets in my face and says, that's my wife. You don't tell her to sit down. I said, you sit your fat ass down next to her. And I shoved him. And then we, you know, there was a words about it in the dressing room. I went and chewed out the promoter. I'm like, if you can't get anybody with enough sense not to come try to fight the wrestlers out there, then don't even bother having security because they're not worth they're not worth having. But, uh, yeah, that's – that. oh, my God. Yeah, sometimes the security at those shows were worse than the damn fans. Absolutely, and another thing too. I hate and, uh, and Kenny. This happened another Kenny Vane uh, deal. It was uh, we was down south, and I was managing. I was managing. Yeah. Believe it or not, I was managing Gary Nation. Good God Almighty, oh, Gary oh. Nation. Yes, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he was going to get somebody. I don't know who the guys in the was. I didn't even never met him. Anyway, we had you know dress rooms on one side, another guy you know he's on one side. We go out to the ring. This guy we're wrestling is uh, is 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 has got a baby manager. Remember, I didn't know this guy was gonna be out here. He starts coming over there where I'm at, like you know. And I told him, I said, "Get away from me! Get away from me!" Finally, I lost it. I lost it. I went into one of my irate fits and started going crazy. And I said, "If you come over here again, I'm fixing to kill you." <laughs> and you know, I, and then of course so I went back to the back and I said, "Kenny Vane, don't you ever." Send nobody out there like that again. I pointed at this guy. I said, I'm serious. I'm fixing to knock him out. I can't stand that. But, you know, this guy knew nothing about wrestling, and he comes out there getting on my, coming to my side and, and with, with his cane, matter of fact, and, and acting oh. like a complete idiot, jackass, taking away from everything from the match. Now, here's he wasn't the candy man, was he? <laughs> no, no, no. was not. Candy ass. <laughs> Uh, is there anybody who is in history who has won more blindfold battle rules than Hollywood Jimmy Blaylock? I'm the champion, baby. I'm the champion, <laughs> and I deserve a gold belt around my my my, my waist. You know, I mean, exactly. I'm telling you, I am the champion of the uh, blindfold battle rules. I always win, always. I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's that is, me that is a, something for the resume for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, I had, uh, uh, you know, that that was that, that. You know, Kenny Vane always come up with these crazy matches, ice cream battle roll, and these blindfold battle rolls, and you know, you never knew what Kenny Vane was going to come up with. But he came up with some crazy stuff. But he, but he had successful shows back then. You know, had a lot of, you know, had, yeah. had a good crowds. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. That might be subject to who you ask too, though. He made the money, but yeah. I'm not going to go, so, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I wasn't going to go in. I don't want to go into any details or, or, or you know, on purpose of this, not trying to bury anybody, but. Jimmy was I can I can't remember this. Were you on that? You were on that show over in Rainsville, Alabama, right? Oh, geez. one of the very last. It is. We yes, yes, yes. Remember, I was. As a matter of fact, if you remember correctly, one of those shows I was managing you and almost died. <laughs> remember, I fell off the apron. That was, was that Coleman. You? That was where Coleman, I live now. Yeah, yeah, I was right, right there, yeah. just there. Yeah, I remember I had, we had two bad shows over there. And that yeah, was one of them, yeah. and where I, I fell off the apron, and I, man, I thought I was going to die. I fell directly onto yep, my head. That's where I'm at tailbone. right now. Is that where you're at? I'll be darned. Yeah, I live there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they ever have wrestling shows there? 
Nope. I've been trying to come up with one, but that's a long story. I'll tell you off the air about all that. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. But I do remember those shows but, uh, over in Alabama never got paid. Let me ask you this, and this, and like Neil said, this isn't to bury anybody. I'm not even going to name names. But I always thought, I always thought that I felt bad for you because you were known to be friends with the promoter. And so I always wondered, did you get any heat off that, or did you have people coming to you going, hey, you know, how do I get in touch with him? Or, I mean, did you collect any collateral damage from any of that, you being friends with him and such? Yeah, I had people get mad at me. You know, they thought I was involved in it. I said, wait a minute, I have nothing to right. do with this, you know. And, uh, I said, uh, I'm, I'm a worker like you. I didn't get paid. You know, they thought a yeah. lot of people thought I got paid. I didn't get paid anything. I was very right. upset. Matter of fact, that was the last time that – Matter of fact, I think that was the last time I worked, uh, you know, those shows, because of that purpose, that reason. I said, you know, I'm not, I'm working, I'm not working no more unless I get paid up front. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, that was a, a long trip over there in Alabama, and uh, you know, I was very, very, to say the least, I was very upset. You know, a promoter should have their money, no matter what. They should have the wrestlers' money. I don't care how many people's in the building. We have nothing. We have no control over that. Yeah, I mean, a good promoter has the money in the envelopes for the doors open. You know, I mean, you don't run the show if you don't have the money to pay the people what you promised them. Is, is you know my take on it anyway. But most yeah. of these, these guys promise people stuff, and at the end of the night, they hope they got enough money to stick in the envelope. But you know, I did let bygones be bygones because we're friends. You know, but you know, yeah. I did get aggravated. I did get aggravated. You know, who wouldn't? But you yeah. know, I, you know, you try to let bygones be bygones and just forget it. Just don't let it happen again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. So well, before we move on, real quick, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, and this was um, this was something I actually wanted to ask Jimmy the last time that we were uh, the last time you were on the show. Um, in in 2017, and I, and I, it's always interesting to get this, you know, different people's views on this. In 2017, what do you think it takes to run a successful wrestling show? Because a well, lot of people have a lot of different ideas, and you know, a lot of different theories on things. And and Lord knows, as long as you've been around, and as long as I've been around, and 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 all well, all three of us, you've heard everything in the world. You know what is? You know, what do you think is the perfect formula for that? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the perfect formula is for it because it's, it's different. It's different towns. You know, different uh, different cities has different things. But around here, I, I think you know you have to put the old and the new together on a show. I think you have to bring in the people, the the wrestlers, people who grew that you grew. You know, they grew up watching, and I think you have to put in uh, some of the best of the local talent in on the shows. Because people love the old school wrestling still. I mean, you know, and, and a lot of people say, oh, they don't draw no more. Yes, sir, they do, too. It's been proven. I mean, you know, because, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 everybody around here grew up watching, you know, the Memphis wrestling. And I think the Memphis wrestlers right. still draw. I think people love Memphis wrestling. I think people miss Memphis wrestling. I'm not saying it's going to be brought back. But people love to go see their heroes and love to go see them, you know, uh, at the at the events. And so, you know, and then then of course you got a lot of local, you got a lot of good workers around here. And then you got some that's got awful. They shouldn't be in the business, you know. <laughs> you know I mean, we we could 
you know, I'm not going to name names. Oh, yeah, yeah. But God knows, you know, I go to some of these shows and just shake my head. Like, well, how in the heck? They, you know, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I've been sitting next to you when we've been doing it. <laughs> we've done the same yeah. thing. But, uh, but you know, Jimmy, you know, the scary part is, is you know, those guys that, we, you know, from Memphis Wrestling, and I, let's put it out there, the Lawlers, the Dundees, the, you know, those guys, you know, they're not going to be around forever. And you kind of wonder what will what will happen when they when they're gone? You know, you know, and that's a good question. You know, I, I, I don't I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's it's kind of a sad situation uh, because you know, like you know, I, that's what I grew up watching. That's what I love today, and that's what I miss today. I know you can't recreate it, but man, look at looks for instance the Moon Dogs. I mean, you know. I love the Moon Dogs. Love Larry Latham and loved all that. But you know, and that was my one of my favorite tag teams of all time. But you know, they're yeah. not around no more, and it's really sad to you know that and nobody can take their place. Nobody. And uh, you know, it's just like another thing too. Jimmy Vane. Look at all the good stuff he's did. But nobody can take Jimmy Vane's place. You can't imitate Jimmy Vane. You know what I mean? There's nobody can take oh his place. Oh my God. And. You know, of course, you know Lawler. I mean, look at look at Lawler and look what he's did for the business. And it's uh, to me, I don't know, man. I just, I, 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 like you said, I don't know what's going to happen. But you know, a lot of people say, you know, they get seventy-five to a hundred people, it's a good crowd, and really, it's not. No. But, you know, and then back in the day, the promoters were slitting their wrist if they looked out there and saw two hundred people in a, in a crowd. You know. Absolutely. Now right. they're celebrating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know what I, – I can't answer it because I, I know today, you know, the today's wrestling. I know WWE fills out the places, but I can't stand I – can't, I can't handle watching it. I, I don't like it. I think it's the worst well, wrestling ever. You, let me ask you this, Jimmy, because you watched Memphis wrestling from, you know, back in the day up until now, and, like, you know, and, and we're kind of tying that into local shows and all that. But, you know, and Neil asked a, a very good question that I don't think anybody has an answer to. So what's going to happen when the Lawlers and the Dundees and and these guys, Doug Gilbert and the last holdouts of Memphis, aren't around anymore? There come a time where they, they quit making stars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. on into the later part of the 90s, the Lawlers and the Dundees and those guys just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning. You made Brian... You know, you made PG-13. In the later era of Memphis wrestling, the only guys you can say they really built off that show is Derek. Derek got a rub out of it, although he never really beat Lawler or anybody of real significance, but he still got made out of that. Kevin White got pushed on there pretty good, and he went over Dundee a few times, but they really didn't make any new stars, and they're still not making new stars. It, it, in 2017, if you bring Jerry Lawler to town at – 70 or whatever his age is, he's still going to win. If, yep. You know, they're, they're, they're still not built. Dustin Starr in there kind of got made. Not again. You can't really say who he ever beat to become a star. He was just, he's, he has it. He has the look, he has the mic skills and, and all that. And he kind of made himself, but there just came a time where they stopped handing it down to the next generation, the way Jackie Fargo did it for Lawler and so on and so forth. And when those guys are gone, what are you going to do? Because what stars have you made in the last 15 years? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Really? You know, and what makes stars is TV. 
Yeah, I mean, you, TV you can do what you and, want, but Memphis TV, over... we're, 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 we're Memphis Television, where it was at. And I think if Corey Macklin would have been around today, I think we would have had Memphis Wrestling back on television. Matter of fact, Corey was working on some things with Jimmy Hart before he passed away. I knew this for a fact. Because I tell you, right. you know, but, uh, but, but they had some things planned. And, uh, I, you know, uh, I was going to be involved with it. But anyway... I think if Corey Macklin would have lived, we'd have been sending Memphis back on TV, Memphis wrestling back on television. But right now, I don't think there's no hope for it. I don't think it's going to ever happen again. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Because now the the new generation, the new the people who own the TV stations, they don't want wrestling. They don't care nothing yeah. about it. And they don't want to take the risk of somebody getting hurt at the studios back like like they did back, you know, even in the 90s. Yeah. True. So I guess the other question I wanted to ask you while we have you on here is, um, you know, uh, talking about whether it's Memphis Wrestling or WWF or NWA, throughout history up until the 90s, managers were a huge part of the business. I mean, Memphis, for several years, they they built the feud of Jerry Lawler versus Jimmy Hart, and you could rotate in that heel wrestler – and Lawler could beat him, and then as long as he, you know Jimmy Hart got heat on him after it was over with, the feud continued, and so that was the perfect scenario because it didn't Lawler matter who Lawler beat, Hart kept the heat, and so that was a right. you know system they used for years. And then you know in WWF, you think of all the heels in WWF who got over because of Heenan, because of Hart, because of uh, you know Mr. Fuji, any manager you can name, and and all of a sudden in the nineties. It just stopped. Like managers just ceased to be. And other than your Paul Bearer, and then even now, you know, like Paul Heyman, uh, managers just don't exist. And you see these guys who they put through developmental, they go through NXT, they get on Raw or, or SmackDown, and they end up getting released. So they go, eh, we just didn't have anything for them. They didn't have enough personality. They didn't have enough this or that. Those guys, if they had a manager to talk for them, could probably be main event stars, but they don't have that manager. Like, so you being a manager who still goes out and you're a huge part of shows, um, I mean, a lot, most people when they book a big show, one of the first people they book is Jimmy Blaylock because they know whatever heel they put with them is going to have heat. Whether the heel's worth a shit or not, they're going to have heat. So how does that make you feel as a manager that that's a lost art in professional wrestling and it's something that could still play a huge role and could help a lot of guys have a career and they just don't do it. Like, what's your take on that? Like, how do you think we even got to that point where managers were kind of weeded out in the big leagues? I don't know. I think it's got to do with Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon just didn't like managers. I mean, he just got rid of them, you know. I mean, I'm like you. Jimmy Hart was the last one, the big one, you know, Mr. Fuji and all them. But but he just he just he got rid of them. He didn't care nothing about yeah. them. But, but Memphis Wrestling kept on, you know. I know we was on UPN 30. And a lot of people didn't get to see it, and we was on uh, some other stations up there in Memphis. But, you know, Memphis Wrestling always had managers, even back, you know, a few years ago. I was up there bringing in uh, uh, all the guys for Jerry Lawler to wrestle. You know, I brought in the werewolf, uh, the mummy. and you Yeah, know, you were in the Jimmy Hart role at that point. You were Jimmy Hart versus Jerry Lawler, basically, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and because, uh, you know, they – but but – but Vince McMahon, I don't know. He just I even tried to get on WWE back years ago. I'm not gonna lie about it. I sent in a tape just like everybody else did. 
but yeah. you know that's been God. That was a long time ago. How I'm to you know that's, that time is gone. You know that time has passed. But I, I just hate to see that uh, style go because I love managers. I love watching managers, especially you know my favorite manager to watch was Jimmy Hart. And 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 a lot of people you know I go back a long ways to show my age, but I love Jimmy Kent. I love Sam Bass. Sam Bass was an awesome manager. Yeah. But the the, the you know uh, but of course Jimmy Hart was my favorite because you never knew what he was going to do. You know hell you, 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 he he's, he was awesome. And he could talk on the mic too, and uh, a lot of stuff I did. You know, <laughs> oh, I tell you, stole a little bit from Jimmy Hart. You know what I mean? He is one of the best. Oh yeah. Well, when you look at Cornette, but, well, like how integral Cornette was to the Midnight Express Rock and Roll Express. Like, would Rock and Roll Express still have made it in the Hall of Fame if they hadn't had all those years with Cornette at ringside? Because managers add such another dimension to the story of the match. Uh, and I think, right. and especially now with you know monthly pay per views and three hours a week TV, there's just, there's so much opportunity there that a manager could interject into these stories. I, I'm just dumbfounded that they don't use that anymore. And then you take a look at you know the one manager they have used in the past. I don't know how many years. Paul Heyman. Uh, you know, look how big he's gotten over, and everybody acts like he's a god, and he's great at cutting a promo. No, no doubt about yeah. it. But it's like, Absolutely. well, if one if you know if if they gave anybody else an opportunity, who knows who else could do something like that? You know. Yeah, I totally it, agree. It, I don't know. Why, you know, it's it's really sad, and, and Vince McMahon's the reason it, it's no longer you know happening, and uh, you know he just didn't care for it. But you know, and you know he is the the big dog of wrestling, and uh, but uh, oh yeah, he makes uh, the rules. He makes the rules, and uh, I guess that's what he wanted. But I'm like you, I do miss it. And I think he could, you know, like you said, you could. They, you know, Bobby Eaton don't even talk, you know, and Jimmy yeah. Kent done all the talking, just like you said, because you know, but 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 he could wrestle, he could get in the ring and take. So could, I mean, you know, if Bobby Eaton had came up in today's system, he probably got released and been wrestling on the Indies, and he would have been the best wrestler in Louisville or something because he didn't have a manager to get him over on the big stage like he did back in the day when he had Cornette. And that's I totally agree. That's sad, well, I think. But well, you know Well here here's a prime example. Uh can either one of you tell me what Bobby Eaton Bobby Bobby Eaton's been in the business for a long time. Can either one of you tell me what he did before the Midnight Express? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know he was a jet set with uh George Goulas <laughs> in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. there you go. To prove my point, and, and yeah, he was with the first family. I mean, you know, well, of course, he was Jimmy Hart yeah. back then with the first family. Yeah. yeah, with the you know, and it was almost as big a deal, you know, that Jim Cornette was the one that was inducting the Rock and Roll Hall, uh, the Rock and Roll Express into the Hall of Fame, as it was them going in. So, oh yeah, you know, my take There's on a lot it, more you know, buzz about that. that. Oh yeah, a lot more buzz, but you know, and for a lot of different reasons. But you know, I yeah. I agree with you guys. You know, it's a it's it's definitely a definitely a uh, a lost art form. Um, and then and then you I, see and and you know what I'm talking about. You see a lot of people come to the ring now that calls themselves managers, and they're god awful. They're oh, they're god. horrible. And then, like, you know, this, and it makes me angry because, I mean, it just makes me want to throw up. Because, you know, back then, 
you, you just didn't walk out to the ring and call yourself a wrestling manager. Well, it's like to even some of these wrestlers around here today. My gosh, you got some up here in these little small towns that think they're superheroes, and they've never. I mean, they just got they get in the ring and never even earned a spot in the wrestling, and they never even some of these guys have never even trained. I mean, they they, they just go there and they they think they've been trained because somebody shows them a few moves. But man, this, some of these events that I go to is just just makes me want to throw up. Absolutely, I mean, you when you're sitting in the audience. And I, I sit there and watch it in some, in some of these dress rooms. I'm like, oh, my God, this is horrible. It's sad that these people are paying money to watch this crap. You know what I mean? And you know they really love wrestling to come and sit through that shit. Because, you know, there's no yeah, other absolutely. reason why they're there. Because if you step back and take a look at it, you're like, oh, my God, this is awful. I'm ashamed that people think that's what wrestling is now, and, and I hate to be a part of it. And you realize... God bless. They paid to see this. Yeah, I'm upset, and I'm paid to be here. They're paid. They paid to see this crap. You know. Yeah, you're like me. I just, you know, it's just sad. Really, it's sad. And some, you know, now, you know, back then people paid their dues. Now they don't. They just go out there and they're a superstar. Hell, they got a belt. They're yeah, yeah. taking around a belt. They got a belt, man. What are you talking about? They bought a belt but off I mean, the internet. You've done this long enough. You know, as a manager, where where to interject yourself to enhance the match, where to stand back and let let them do their thing. But these newer guys, the ones that do try to manage, it's it's look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. They're doing something <sighs> constantly because oh, they want that. the whole focus to be on them, and it just kills. Yes. I mean, oh, sometimes it's good because it takes attention off the horrible match that's going on in the <laughs> ring. But most of the time, it's just a shitty addition to what's already bad in the ring. And, I saw oh. I saw a video the other day. I have to say this. I saw a video the other day. Somebody brought a video of them wrestling. I don't want to say who it is. Don't want to say where it's at. They brought a video and they got over there and they said, "Hey man, look at me wrestling." I looked at the video and there was a valet, so-called valet, that was in their corner. And the man, and the other guy had and the, the 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 she was a baby manager and the other guy was a heel manager. I don't even know who he was. Anyway, this valet chased this guy around the ring. I don't know how many times during the match. And I looked at him and I said, "Why is she doing this? Why do you let this happen? This guy's supposed to be knowing what he's doing." I said, "Why do you let this happen? Why did you let her take away from the match like this? Why are you letting? Why is she? Why is the? Why is this guy running from her?" I didn't get it. I was so angry. I said, "This is pathetic," and I'm like, "You know," and it just it was horrible. A lot of people are getting their wives and their girlfriends go to the ring with them, and it really irritates me. You know, because you know, just it's just not, they shouldn't even be around ringside. It's pathetic. Yeah. And then, yeah, I could name like three on right now if I wanted to. It's just, just they. they <laughs> Bring their girlfriends, the little tramps they meet out in the audience. And they, oh, there, she wants to be a valet. She weighs three hundred pounds, and she goes out there and she wants to be a valet. <laughs> than either on. on the card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes you want to vomit. And I'm sure the people, the guys at the ringside, wants to vomit seeing them in that little, their little skimpy outfits. You know what I mean? Oh God! Come on, yeah. give me a break. It's yeah. absolutely disgusting. Well, hell, hell, they're probably confused as to why the, why would anybody. Let that person come out. You know, I think that's something that that gets forgotten at some of these shows. I mean, you know, the people that put these matches together and put these shows together, they forget. I think sometimes that you know somebody is paying to watch this. 
you know, just because you think it may be funny to to send somebody out there and and do something stupid, just because you get a few chuckles out of you and maybe a couple of the boys, you know, there's people sitting in the audience that actually paid to watch this. You know how disrespectful and 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 then they can't figure out why they've got twenty people in a crowd. They just they're doing everything they can to to try to, to try to build the town and try to draw people, and they just can't figure out what it is, but. You know, I think sometimes they just forget that, you know, people are paying to watch this. And if you don't give them something worth watching, then, I mean, why should you expect any different than to draw 20 people? Well, I mean, I used to bitch at a certain promoter all the time about the fact that he was throwing guys in the ring. They couldn't work. They looked like shit. They didn't have gear. They couldn't wrestle. And and he would say, well, they'll work for free and they'll put the ring up. Yeah, and I go. You oh know, it, you'd probably better off paying some guys to put the ring up and not let them work than you would. I mean, because you're you're killing the show. Because it, I mean, if you've watched four matches of guys who can't work who look like hell, and you get two matches of you know the of guys that can, it, it's car. It's hard to overcome what you've already decided in the first half of the show. You know, it's hard to pull it out of the shitter at that point. But you know, me and Neil used to beat the brakes off of guys every Friday night that had no business being in the ring and they were there because they would help set up the ring and they'd do it for free. And uh, and they did, and they did, they know. deserved it. <laughs> and they they deserved it. I can't handle that, man. I can't Not handle another thing I said. You know, let me tell you what you know, my, another thing I cannot stand and this is uh, I, I'm not going to say where it happened at but I had wrestle we I had managed one of my wrestlers in a certain town and the wrestler came out and didn't take a bath. His gear stunk. Oh my god! His, oh, I mean, it was so it was so nasty, and people. God I mean, damn, I, I was so mad, people. and I'm like, you got to be kidding me! And finally, I got really angry. I said, throw him out to me, and I'll just beat the crap out of him with my cane. I just wear him <laughs> out, and then we throw him back in the ring, and uh, he he and after the match, he he wanted to get a one two three because it was so gross, it was so nasty. He was getting the smell on him. Finally, he got over there, and I said, wait a minute, man, it's not over. It's not over. I said, teach him a lesson. I threw a chair up in the ring, and he beat the stew out of him. I mean, there's no reason to come. I mean, my God, if you're a wrestler and you're out there listening, don't come to the ring smelling and stinking. Come on, man. People, wash your gear. Well, take a bath. You know, that axe don't cover up stench. You know what I mean? Come on. It just makes me want to throw up. And, uh, you know, there's so many people that does that. You know, I guarantee there's one in every dressing room. Oh, at least. At least. <laughs> I'm going to take that clip right there and turn that into a public service announcement that we're going to play at the beginning of your end of every episode. <laughs> I love that. That's the greatest thing ever. God, if you, if folks listen to this, if you didn't learn any other thing and you didn't you didn't listen to anything else Jimmy Blaylock told you, please, for the love of God, I hope you took that to heart because, oh, did that need to be said to so many people. So yeah, many people. Like Rick. Like Red Fox says, you gotta wash your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and there are guys that would walk in the door and they wouldn't stink and they would be clean, but they'd never wash their gear as soon as they open that back. At that show in Houston, that sh- the yes. last show I did prior yes. to Amory in Houston, yes, somebody opened their bag and I nearly I remember freaking that. puked. And I got over there and I said it out loud. I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "Where's the stench coming from?" And they, I think they left early because they got mad at me. I don't care because I tell it like it is. 
There's no reason for that. There's not no reason for Holy that. Lord. I cannot think about it. Those people when they go at ringside, I'm smelling it back there. Do you think those people are not smelling it? They smell you going to the mm-hmm. ring. Give me a break. Come on. And you know that's embarrassing for the company. That's embarrassing for all of us. No doubt. I I agree. Amen to that's all I can say. There's nothing like being in the ring against a guy and the crowd is chanting at him, <laughs> take a bath. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. I've, I've seen that happen before. That's, uh, that's an interesting situation to be in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yep. All right. Yep. So, before we let – Jimmy, before uh, – before we let you go uh, wrapping this thing up. I've just got three questions. I want you to answer these three questions as honestly as you know how to, okay? Let's as try honest as you know how. Who is your favorite tag team you ever managed that beat Jerry Lawler and Derek King? My favorite tag team that, that beat Jerry Lawler and Derek King, well, no doubt about it. Let me think about this with – I, I don't want to have to think really hard, but it's definitely Neil Taylor and Gene Jackson. They beat them so bad. And I, ding, it, ding, was, ding. it was the greatest night of my life that night. It was so great. Okay. All right. So we're, we're batting a 1,000 so far. Okay. The next question. Who is the fattest, nastiest, Barbecue sauce smelling fan that you could ever imagine. You know, the first person that comes to my mind, to be honest with you, there's this guy in Houston, Mississippi, and his name is Jay Griffin. He's the <laughs> nastiest, smelliest, fattest. I mean, got so many chins and so many bellies, and it takes him like three hours to get out of bed. I mean, he's so fat. God knows if he falls down on the ground, it's going to take a crane to get him up. Number three. <laughs> Number three, who is the greatest? I, 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 and, 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 Jimmy, I'm sorry. I just, this is, you know, this, this is almost too easy to even ask. Who is the greatest wrestling manager alive today? Oh, my gosh. Let me think. Alive today? It's no doubt. This is Hollywood Jimmy, that's me. Absolutely me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, those are some, I, mean, I had to think about it, but those those questions are pretty easy, I guess, I should say. I should say. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to put it out there like that. But, um, Jimmy, appreciate you coming on tonight. And, uh, and, and you know, I, believe it or not, and we would have never guessed this in a million years, that Jay Griffin was the only one that did show up. Yeah, I know. I can't believe that. Jason Casey, you know, I mean, Jason Casey should even call in. He threatened, oh, I'm going to call in. I guess he didn't pay his phone bill. I guess his food bill was higher than his phone. <laughs> he took all his money. <laughs> Too bad, Jason. You know, it's bad, bad, bad. But that's okay. At least at least I have to admit he, he did call in. Well, and you, get to, and you get to talk a little while with the greatest tag team that's ever stepped in between ropes. So, it's 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 a win-win situation. <laughs> yeah, and you guys, I tell well, you what, let's, let's just gather up. Why don't we all go? You know, after the show with the night, why don't we just gather up and head out? And I'll pay you guys' way. Let's just jet out to Hollywood. 
for normal people. I'm ready good. to go. I'm ready to you know, go. I'm ready. Let's just head out and go out there. And I got my friends, you know, out there, my Hollywood friends. It's normal. And I got Tom Cruise. You know, he's the hell. I hang out with him. Normal guy. You know, just uh, we'll have a great, great time. And Jimmy Kimball, you know, let's just get together and we'll we'll go out there and have a great time tonight. I'm ready to go. Well, man, I appreciate well, Jimmy, you giving I, us giving us this yeah. time and and lowering lowering your standards enough to talk to Jay Griffin, uh, which I know was was painful for all of us. But you know, when you do these types of shows, sometimes you you got to get your you know your hands dirty and and deal with the the general public. Well, and and I apologize for that. That's okay, man. I had fun. I'm glad you invited me. I really appreciate it. It was a great time. Thanks a lot. Well, you, you've got an open invite to come on anytime you want, sir. And, uh, yeah, like Neil said, if you can get uh, the the greatest tag team of all time on those uh, on those casino shows, you know, we, we've got a price. We're like, you know, like Teddy Bowsey said, everybody's got a price, and we got one. Everybody's got a price, baby. Up. You know, another thing, too, we'll go out there and gamble all night long, and uh, we'll right. have a great time. You know that. I like Jimmy, the party. Done it. The casino. <laughs> Hey, I think like we played blackjack. I know it. How many, how many hours of blackjack one night? <laughs> like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it was fun though, was it not? We had a great time. Oh yes, yes sir, it was. Well, Jimmy, I appreciate you taking your time to come see us. All right, thanks y'all. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Take care, Hollywood. Bye. Bye, bye, brother. There you go. We a genuine certified Hollywood star right here on our little show. I'd appreciate that. That's it. Man, yeah. You can never hear enough. What a bunch of cowards. None of these folks called <laughs> in. That's disappointing. Oh, yeah. All these but I tell you what won't Facebook be disappointing. And everything. Oh, yeah. Talking shit all day long. Yeah. But what won't be disappointing is next Sunday night. Uh, next Sunday night, we got a special show planned. Uh, tell me a little bit about what's going on in Memphis uh, on the, what is it, the 13th, 14th? Yeah, um, and this is uh, something I'm excited about, and I'm, I'm definitely making plans to go see it, and that is uh, the most recent addition to the um, Memphis Wrestling Hall of Fame, uh, and they're going to induct Jim Cornette, one of my favorite people in the business. We've talked about great managers all night long. Uh, they're going to induct Jim Cornette into the uh, Memphis Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, of course, there's going to be a lot of different Memphis Wrestling stars on hand. Jerry Lawler, of course, uh, uh, Bill Dundee, Jimmy Hart, beautiful Bobby Eaton, uh, uh, Doug Gilbert will be there, Coco Beware, referee Jerry Calhoun, uh, tons of tons of Memphis legends. Uh, they're doing a, uh, a big VIP meet and greet. They're doing a, a Q&A session. Um, and, uh, the, the master of ceremonies is a Memphis legend in his own right. Uh, Brandon Baxter, of course, all of us remember, uh, Brandon throughout the nineties, whether it be the GWF or Memphis wrestling. Um, this is going to, like you said, this is going down, uh, May the 13th. It'll actually be at Jerry Lawler's, uh, bar and grill, uh, there on Bill street. So, uh, definitely making plans to try to go. Um, I've got a, uh, uh, a, a huge uh, Memphis wrestling movie, uh, Memphis Heat movie poster that I'm hoping to get signed by all these guys. It'd be kind of cool to keep. So, uh, and of course, being a big Jim Cornette fan, so 
um, I'm definitely going to make plans to try to be there. And um, I don't know, maybe we can, maybe we can drag the Jacksons out that weekend and, and, and make the trip up. That'd be a lot of fun. If anybody's closer, close to Memphis, it would definitely be worth, uh, be worth being there. Absolutely. I wish I could be there. I'm already booked for New South doing commentary that night up here in Hartzell. Ah. Uh, so I unfortunately cannot go. That sucks because we would have loved to have gone because you know what a huge Memphis fan I am. And I, too, am a fan of Mr. Cornette, at least of his wrestling <laughs> opinions, not so much as his <laughs> yeah. political opinions. But uh, yeah. I would I would love to have been there. To, God damn, that's a big poster, motherfucker. But, I now attribute that voice to him. Thank you, Bruce Pritchard, every time I hear his name. Uh, God bless, folks. If you haven't listened to uh, the Something to Wrestle With podcast, shame on you. It's one of the best ones out there, besides me and Neil, of course. But uh, listen yeah. to the, if you haven't listened to any episodes, listen to the Jim Cornette episode. Uh, good Lord, that is that is entertaining on so many levels. It's It's just crazy. So do yourself a favor and check that out. I highly recommend it. But uh, while I can't be at the event, next Sunday night uh, is kind of a precursor to that event. Uh, here on the show, we are going to do a Memphis Memories edition of the podcast where uh, Neil and myself will be discussing some of our favorite uh, Memphis wrestling angles and moments from over the years. And we invite everyone to call in and share yours. No one's going to berate you. It's not going to be like tonight where it was a thread of, of – uh, you know, Jimmy Blaylock verbally abusing you on the phone. We'll play nice. Uh, you can call in and, and share your stories. And we may have a surprise guest or two. We're still working on that. I'm not going to make any promises just yet, but I'm quite sure we can land at least one or two uh, Memphis-related people to call in and share a couple stories of their own. So it should be a fun show next week. I'm looking forward to it. I know Neil's looking to forward to it because we were both heavily influenced by Memphis wrestling over the years Absolutely. and uh always love talking about it and then reliving those those moments and that's why i had such a great time when me and rosie got to visit uh jerry lawler's bar and grill here about two weeks ago when we swung by there and had lunch and got to see all the cool stuff he has in there i didn't make it down to the vip room that's my mission next time i go but wow uh getting to see all the robes and the belts and just different memorabilia of things that i remember from jerry lawler over the years was just really Really super cool, especially having it was exactly seven days since I had got to wrestling with Neil Taylor and Amory, so that was cool as well. But anyway, um, that does it for this week. Again, we thank Hollywood Jimmy for coming on. Uh, as always, if you want to know and see anything related to Neil the Real Deal Taylor or Gene Jackson, you can go to localstolegends.com. There in the bottom right-hand side, all our different books twitters instagrams you name it it is there you can check it out uh anything beyond that you want to plug quickly neil um no honestly that's it that's it uh owo super show uh will be at the ashland mississippi fair uh at the fairgrounds may the 12th and the 13th i'll be there uh, myself, uh, Extreme Brett Michaels, Dustin Starr, and Maria is going to be there. So uh, a big, uh, big show that we do uh, every year at that fair. Uh, I think this is the third year that OWO has done it. So uh, make sure and be there for that. Um, come say hello. Uh, check out NeilRealDealTaylor.com. Uh, got the brand new Taylor shirt list, uh, listed on there for sale. So make sure and pick you up one of those. Those are uh, pretty sharp shirt and they're 
uh, actually uh, moving pretty fast. So make sure and uh, check that out. But other than awesome. that, I guess yes. that's about it. <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you check out our new sponsor, Delta Wrestling. Go to YouTube.com and type in Delta Wrestling, and you can see a lot of their work. They are offering video production. They're doing professional promo shots of talent at shows, doing highlight videos full DVD productions for your wrestling event. So if you uh, need somebody to come out and professionally video and produce your uh, wrestling event, go to YouTube, go to Delta Wrestling, and you can email them at deltawrestling098 at gmail.com, and they would be glad to come up with a game plan on coming to your show and providing you a professional DVD or highlight video of your wrestling show. So... We want to also mention, since we had Jimmy Blaylock on tonight, check out WrestlingNewsCenter.com for all your wrestling news and various stories and things. Anything to do with professional wrestling, you can find it on WrestlingNewsCenter.com. They update it on a daily basis, unlike LocalsToLegends.com, where we update it sporadically, but we do, in fact, update it. Sometimes Neil updates it (laughs) while we're doing the show, so that's fun. A lot of times when we're talking about various pictures and videos and things of that nature during the show if you go to localslegends.com after the show you'll find some of those tidbits there just like last week when neil posted a couple of videos and things that was mentioned during the tony dabs episode so make sure you always check that out each week so next sunday night live 10 p.m memphis memories episode thanks again to jimmy blaylock and if you are a wrestler and you want to be on locals to legends wrestling radio Hit me up at jeanjackson95 at gmail.com, and we will see if we can't work that out for a future episode. Is that it, Neil? That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Well, thank you, sir. As always, you did a tremendous job. It was a lot of fun, and I will talk to you soon, sir. Thanks, Gene. Good night, everybody. You're listening to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, brought to you by Rockstar Records, 810 East Main Street, Tupelo, Mississippi, 662-269-3745. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.